Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. With that said, the Bolts didn't come out as hot last night versus this Canucks team. Kaylee and I did mention here on Pucks and Bolts that the Canucks can be a sneaky team. Their record yeah. may not show them to be that great, but they have great skaters, especially, you know, Horvat. Horvat was one of those problematic players that we said pay attention to, and he collected an assist on the opening goal that Garland scored. Garland has opened the scoring in the last few games for the Canucks. So, of course, that was such an energizing moment for that team. And you saw a lot of give and go both ways. You saw where the Bolts had moments of structure and success, and then Canucks were able to get them out of it. The first thing I will point out, Kaylee, that was frustrating is not that second period. Oh, no, they came to life in the second. It's the penalties. They had 23 minutes of penalties. The first period alone had six power plays, three for each team. And, of course, we've talked to these guys in the locker room, and the first thing they say when it's a highly penalized game is that puts us out of our structure, that takes us, you know, that no flow. No flow. It makes it really hard for us to set up. What did you see in that first period and how much they were affected by those penalties? So, Gizzi, also talking about rhythm and the lack of rhythm in the first period. I don't know if you noticed, but we had another Cooper shuffle last night. Now, I don't know if this one was because of, you know, Stammer trying to get, if if Cooper was, like, really trying to feed Stammer that 500-goal mark at home. But he moved Steven Stamkos to center the top line between Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. Mm -hmm. And he moved Brandon Hagel down to be a winger. Um, with Anthony Sorelli centering that second line and then Alex Kalorn, obviously the other winger. So not only do you have Vancouver scoring first and you have an obnoxious amount of penalties, so you're not in rhythm that way. You're also kind of, even though these guys have like a history with each other, um, it's also, they haven't played on the same line in, in a little while. Um, yeah. And yeah. so it's just, it was just, it felt like a figuring it out period. Um, and they just did not have very much time to figure it out. Even when you, even when you look at how they did score the first goal with Corey Perry, Mikhail Sergachev, Ross Colton on the assist, it was on the power play. Like they yeah. scored a goal. They, they, it wasn't even, even strength. They just couldn't find their rhythm in even strength. And in addition to like, the fact that they scored on the power play, it wasn't even the first line of the power play that scored the goal. It was the second line, um, the second unit for the power play that went out and scored that first goal to tie things up in the first period. Um, I don't know, Casey, this, it it kind of gets me thinking a little bit that um, maybe, gosh, and I don't want to like go too deep into this because I'll give some (laughs) stuff away, but 
I I think that Brandon Hagel, you have called Anthony Sorelli the plug, but like maybe it's Brandon Hagel because as I mean, he get he's on the first line and the first line is like out here scoring goals. He gets on the second line, the second line who didn't Starts they were the up. only line that didn't score a goal the other night. As soon yep. as he's on the second line, what happens? Oh, Alex Kalorn starts scoring goals. Brandon Hagel is scoring goals with Alex Kalorn. Like, it's so funny. So at the beginning of the second period, Alex Kalorn scores the goal. Nick Perbix, Brandon Hagel on the assist. To mm-hmm. end the period, it's Brandon Hagel scoring the goal with Alex Kalorn. And then Nick Perbix again, again on the assist. So it's yep. like those three guys, they just had a rhythm so- last night. They did. And they ended up being like one of the, one of the things that I highlighted. So of course, you know, I geek out over the Cooper shuffle and yes. <laughs> seeing that it was also the flair and the confidence that Alex Kalorn scored that goal. So yes. it was Nick Perbix with a long shot and then the rebound comes out, Kalorn cleans it up, but it was in such fashion with like this spinning goal that he puts on it. So it seems like there was, like you said, it, there was no flow really in that first period. It took them a minute to get their legs and figure things out. Um, and we know that Cooper likes to, you know, switch things up to see if there's a spark that it, that ignites. And sometimes it does take more time for that spark to happen. Second period, the spark started to to create even more friction, um, if that's the best way that I can paint a picture of it. So love that you pointed out that goal with Alex Lauren, Brandon Hagel, and Nick Perbix. Because the biggest thing that stood out to me on a more positive note of last night is how many guys walked away from this game with two points. Killer, two points. Hagel, two points. Perbix, two points. Stammer, two points. Killorn, or not, Kucherov, two points. Like the, yep. the effort is really what I saw in this. So while it wasn't yeah. their prettiest game in a lot of ways, there was so much effort. And I think it's nice for them to learn now how to play with different guys moving throughout certain lines and making it work. And you could be onto something there. I did get a chance to talk to Brandon Hagel. Maybe once you guys get a chance to listen to that mini-sode of me and Hags talking after practice on Wednesday, you might think too that he is actually the plug versus Anthony Sorelli. And there's been a I lot of know. comparisons to Brandon Hagel and Anthony Sorelli, especially particularly in that forechecking conversation. But now that can kind of come up in a number of ways because there's two or three guys significantly that they want to move around to see, okay, how can we get something going here? Sorelli's one of them. Hagel is now one of them. And we saw that a little bit in the second Boston game uh, up in the garden or whatever, where they moved Hagel around a little bit between the top two Mm -hmm. lines to see what would happen there. And it's been extremely helpful. But then the third guy that's easy to move around uh, kind of plug and play situation is Nick Paul. So love when Cooper shuffles these guys around because you do get some insight on, on how versatile some of these players really are and what their sweet spots are or their skill sets are. And another guy who's starting to come to life as of late Kaylee is Ross Colton. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's that second half season guy. Now that I'm really thinking about it, you really see Ross Colton turn it up after, you know, you hit that halfway point of the season and he's starting to get on that trajectory where you're hearing his name more, you're seeing his involvement more, you're appreciating his effort more. I talked about him on the last episode of Pucks and Bolts. And last night for me was another good night for Ross Colton, in my opinion. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next 
last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that he he's on that second power play unit. He was on the assist for Corey Perry on that first goal for the Lightning. Uh, Ross Colton is a guy, I mean, Ross the boss. He's, he's, the a boss. Swaggy, he's a swaggy kid. I think that he comes in. And, uh, you know, he hasn't, he has another level to his game. He hasn't been as consistent as maybe we would want him to be, but he's still a fairly young player, uh, in the NHL, all things considered. So I think that there's some room to grow within that. Um, but eventually Casey, that first line, they did find some rhythm, Nikita Kucherov, Braden point, um, and Steven Stamkos, uh, Nikita Kucherov got the goal and Steven Stamkos Braden point on the assists there for Kucha's goal. That was the even strength goal for that top line. Um, I still think that the top two lines need to play a little bit of better defense. Anthony Sorelli is a guy that we, we talk a lot about. He's a shutdown guy. Um, but two of the lines that he was on, he was on the line with Alex Kalorn and Brandon Hagel uh, for about 10 minutes. That line allowed a goal against, and then he was on a line with Steven Stamkos, Anthony Sorelli was, with Steven Stamkos and Alex Klorn. Now, Anthony Sorelli was playing winger, which is a little bit outside of his wheelhouse. Like, he's he's not as used to playing winger as he is to playing center. But that line, they only played together for about three minutes, but they also allowed a goal against. So just being cognizant yeah. of that. Anthony Sorelli is really good at forechecking. He's, he's a really good shutdown guy. Um, but having some goals against is not necessary, you know, you know, that's not, yeah. uh, what you want, but along those lines, a deep pairing that we had talked a lot about Casey, that when they do get up involvement, they're really, really good. But last night they ended the game, both of these guys with a minus threes, Ian Cole and Aaron, Eric Chernak. Um, so wasn't the greatest performance for them last night. You know, it's one of those things where it's like the the team won and there was still some excitement, especially because of the late goal by Stammer and it was a power play goal. And it just felt like, you know, just like, oh, so beautiful. But then after that, to like have that momentum and then for Vancouver to come back and score two goals, uh, it, it felt a little bit like a letdown, like that shouldn't have happened. Um, yeah. the, you had the momentum. It was a 5-2 game, and then they come back. They scored two goals. They make it a one-goal game. The Lightning still win, but they don't win in the same fashion that they should have won in. Mm -hmm. um, and that, to me, is like a little bit disappointing. Um, so I would say, you know, I'm okay. I didn't love the first period. There was a lot of like – it, it was hard to find a flow. And so I, I think I can understand that. But if I'm having to like nitpick a, where a part of this game that I really did not like that, I think they need to, to start improving pretty quickly. It was late in the game that, yeah. that and, and, and it, and it kind of happened the other night as well because that yep. Vasi got really upset and, and they, you know, there, there were some goals that should not have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, how, what did you think of the, that the end of the third period and how some of those goals happened? Yeah, I think that we're seeing that whole, you know, the third goal, no goal kind of deal happening again. Third, three goals is too much. And 
not only the fact that they let up those those last two goals, but there was almost a moment that they could have tied off the game if it wasn't for Vasilevsky between the pipes making killer saves as usual. I mean, he had a huge shutdown right before the horn denying Curtis Lazar, and that could have been dangerous. And while this team is very confident and plays well when it comes to overtime and, you know, manages most shootout situations, you don't want to bring it to that because where they are in the Atlantic right now, they're not too far behind the Maple Leafs. So these next few games where they can pick up two points and not really, you know, have some tunnel vision, not pay attention to what the Leafs are doing, but they can tie or surpass the Maple Leafs if they clean up these small things. Kind of back on the defensive note for a second is, you know, when they fail to get it within a structure and they're being outshot by the team, uh, Vancouver outshot them in the first and third period. They yep find themselves in a, in a tough position to try to like play a, a strong two-way game. Um, I know that they want to keep putting goals up and I know that coach Cooper doesn't want them always, you know, backpedaling to protect the lead, but he will have them protect the lead versus giving it up and trying to continue to put shots on goal. in most in- instances, especially after the second period that they did have. So that's where I was a little confused for a second, actually. Kaylee, yeah. I'm like, I know that coach Cooper will have you guys protect the lead. And it just didn't feel like it was being protected in the third period. Um, it felt like again, time and space is becoming an issue. Something I wouldn't be surprised for them to work on the next opportunity they get a chance to practice. So it wasn't much of a neutral zone situation here. It was the fact that there was too many gaps for the Canucks to capitalize on and then their ability to get back and then press forward. It was just, it seemed like a tall task and the Canucks are a very average team at the moment. So if you're going up against a different team, a Maple Leafs, a West Coast team, anyone else, you know, that could have been a problematic situation for the guys. So you don't love seeing that third goal. You don't want to put Vassie to work to that extent right now. I know we're talking about the halfway point of the season creeping up and stuff, but you know, you don't need to be in these, in these death matches if they're unnecessary. And there, there could have been a lot more prevention on the ice uh, last night. But like I said, on, on a good note, you're seeing different names come up on the stat sheet. You're seeing other guys get involved. I think it's now the team as a whole kind of finding where that consistency lies. Um, Perbix coming into his identity, Ross Colton turning into second half Colton, Alex Kalorn. I mean, you called his name months ago saying that yep. you would have seen this earlier in the season, but Kalorn's kind of another story where it takes him some time, but once he starts getting into a rhythm and stuff, He's a great player to watch. He's exciting. Yep. I mean, on Brendan Hagel's goal, off the faceoff, nine seconds to get down the ice, and he's the one who led the charge, had a backhanded pass to Hagel for Hagel to score. So in order for this team to collectively come together and have that consistent three-period fight, I think it was crucial for these guys, these players whose names we weren't calling a couple of weeks ago, to find their identity and then see what the next Cooper shuffle holds where, as a whole, they can be consistent. So there's some positives in the fact that we're seeing other names here, other guys finding confidence on the ice and, um, you know, the names changing, not all the names changing. Cause of course, Kucherov sits at the top of the list. Always Sam Coase is one away from 500 and he'll stay in there, you know, yep. a little bit of a silent situation for some other players that you would rely on being. Well, you like to involved. see Corey Perry's name get called, you know, Always. Brandon Hagel gets called. So you know, there, there is, I mean, a decent amount. I mean, they ended with five goals, so and it was by five different guys. So Corey Perry, Alex Galorn, mm-hmm. Brandon Hagel, Nikita Kucherov, and Steven Stamkos. That's, I mean, that's that's a pretty good mix. You know, you add yes. in, you know, you switch off 
the Corey Perry for a Ross Colton or the, the, the Alex Kalorn for an Anthony Sorelli, you know, you're adding in these other guys, you know, I'm, I still think Nick Paul is going to like, he hasn't had his, you know, he had a, a pretty strong stretch early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but then since then it's been a little bit dry for him. I would expect to see him come back up. And then again, who knows what this team and Julian Brisebois is going to do. Are they going to add a forward? Are they going to add a defenseman? What's going to happen as we near the trade deadline that is coming up in February. But Casey, one thing that I noticed that, that was the tiniest bit lacking. So kudos where kudos is due. They did not give to have a a ton of giveaways. In fact, they only had five giveaways. They had 11 takeaways. So in terms of owning that part of the puck, they did. They did a really good job with that. But the physicality was lacking ever so slightly. They only had 25 hits. Vancouver had 36. So it's just one of those things where it's, you know, you you want to see. And again, we are nitpicking, you guys. This is a good lightning yeah. team. They <laughs> won the game. Um but at the same time, they still sit third in the in their division. And in order to contend with guys like the Bruins, who are just, I mean, it's like they're outmatching everybody with the Leafs, who, you know, like in order to contend with some of these other teams, you have to be nitpicky. I mean, this mm-hmm. is what Coach Cooper talks about. You have to evaluate yourself at that championship level. This is a team that has won two championships that has gone to the Stanley cup finals three years in a row. So you have to evaluate at that them at this high level. Um, but those are things that I think that they can still improve upon, um, get better with some forechecking. Uh, I think that they controlled the puck fairly well, whenever it was in a little bit of rhythm, um, but increasing that physicality, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that there's just defensively, this was not their most sound game defensively. Offensively, no. it was a, it was a fairly good game, but defensively there were some things lacking. Um, and the physicality that helps the defense. So yeah. whenever you see physicality lacking, usually their defense is going to be declining because this is a team, especially a defensive team that leans into that. You know, whose name that we didn't talk about very much. And we were just hot on him. Um, Hmm. But whose name we, we really didn't talk about very much is Victor Hedman. He had 25 minutes on ice last night. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but, not yeah he he wasn't he didn't have an assist he you know that we didn't really call his name very much um i know that he's in the middle of a big life transition and whatnot yes. going on <laughs> um but he's the leader of the defense and so you and so you look to him when there is maybe some defense lacking or or something going on you look mm-hmm. to him and it's not that he had a bad game he and he finished the night with plus you know plus one but you didn't hear his name you didn't really yeah. hear his name. He didn't really finish with any kind of like, oh, amazingness, right? So, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things where you, you just have to keep your eye on the holistic picture. And holistically, the Lightning can – they have better in them than what they did last night. And yeah, I think absolutely. that they would agree with Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, Coach Cooper definitely agrees with that. Um, and in his post-game presser, mentioning the fact that – 
let's see what he said here. We've got to be a better team when we get back or when we get back than we were when we left. We need to come back from this road trip with more points than games. That's the goal we have going out there. Let's make it happen. So he's fully aware that this probably wasn't the best showing before going on a road trip. I think um, the Bolts were like nine and nine on the road. And so they don't have the strongest, most consistent winning record. They start off some road trips quite strong and then it kind of falls off with this being a longer road trip. That's what makes that a bit more nerve wracking. You know, the, yep. one of the road trips where they started off with Buffalo, they had these back to back, really interesting, weird wins. And then, you know, go and lose to Boston, which was a very winnable game for them. They did a lot of great things. Um, so I'm sure this team doesn't want that to be the theme of all their road trips. This one being yep. a big one, they've got a lot of away games coming up in the second stretch here. So this is going to be a big test to see if they can carry all of the cleanup from practices and a lot of that luck and confidence from home ice on the road with them. So nine consecutive wins at home is great, but they need to, they need to make sure that it translates. And that means that everyone's going to have to be involved and that's going to be imperative of them playing their game because they're also going to play a lot of tough teams. And so yeah getting in your structure or not allowing teams to force you out of your structure. I know we talk about that a lot here on pucks and bolts, but it's crucial. Um, you know, being you're also playing a lot of games. Huh? You're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time too. Right. You have the five games. Time. Yeah. You have one, you have back to back games. I mean, you have like, there's only, yeah. I mean, you have like two day, let's see one, two, three days off a week or less. Yeah. Yeah. You have only three days off. Uh, you have a back to back. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of hockey Casey Mm -hmm. that they're going to be playing. Yeah. And I think they're up to the task. I will say that it's, it's other things that we've talked about here extensively. Like when they play physical teams, you know, we talked about the penalty minutes that this Canucks team has racked up. We've talked about their three most physical guys, Luke Shin being one of them. Tyler Miles was a pain in the butt last night. He was one of the guys that fed Pedersen for the goal, that third goal that should have never happened. He had seven shots on goal as well. Myers is a really good player, and he has just as much physicality to his game as he does um, putting shots on net. So the other thing that I pay attention to when I see this road trip is how many physical teams they're about to match up with and how these physical teams have kind of been, you know, an issue to keeping them out of their structure. So I'll be interested to see the the bolts did not have practice today because they fly out for St. Louis. They take on the St. Louis blues tomorrow, um, which has always been a nice fun matchup between these two teams. Uh, It was funny because the first hockey game I took my mom to, blues versus the lightning and i'm like you know my mom doesn't do blood but she doesn't mind like she loves sports she just can't do blood and i was like you know just so that you're aware there can be some fighting sometimes sometimes you may see some blood so you know just keep your eyes your eyes yeah, so you know and last time they need. played the blues uh after thanksgiving on friday you know the the game opened up with four fights in the first period oh, it was yeah. just like a bashing session yeah, oh, so yeah. my mom's texting me and I'm in studio covering for JP and she's like, why is this happening? And I'm like, mom, just close your eyes for a second, breathe. So It'll again, a team, exactly, a team that can be very physical, a team that will want to physically wear out the lightning, prevent them from getting in structure, prevent them from getting in a flow. Too many penalties on either side is not is never really a good thing for this lightning team. So they've got to be disciplined. You mentioned that a lot on here, Kaylee. And um, I think they just kind of lack some of that discipline last night. You kind of see some of the highlights from the game and realize, 
okay, there were some tensions rising, there was some frustration, and you know, you weren't able to stay mentally sound in this game or with your line. And that's probably going to be the biggest takeaway that they're going to have to imply or apply heading into the game. So that's a, that's a lot of things to consider, but at least they did walk away with two points. You can't ever yep. get mad about two points and you're, you have your steady eddies on the team that you can always count on and rely on. And Brandon Hagel's becoming one of them. So super excited to share some of his thoughts with you guys and um, how he doesn't think he's the skilled player on that line, but I think he's very skilled and contributing yes. to this team in many important ways. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. Be sure to follow us at Pucks and Bolts uh, so that you can find out when that little mini so drops.